0: All right. Well, let, let's start with this. Just, just a nice confession. Um, well, statement first, but then I'll confess it. Um, you ever notice it's really easy to be negative? Like it is really easy to be negative. And the confession is is as I've been doing and preparing for today. God just likes to show me, man. David, you're really negative. <laughs> Um, I can be a very negative person. Um, I, I like to to always jokingly say it's, I'm not negative, I'm just, you know, you know, like, I'm a realist. It's just the way it is, right? Just call it how it is. I'm not negative. But it is extremely easy to be negative. And we live in an our world is negative. I mean, it does not matter where you look, where you turn. It is just everything around us is constantly Negative. And because of that, we just kind of fall in line with that. You know, studies have shown, and I thought this was interesting, I actually found this from a few different sources because I wanted to see if this was legitimate or not, but from a few different sources, uh, I have found the same numbers, that potentially the average person on a daily basis can have up to negative, 80% of their thoughts negative, Eighty percent of our thinking can be negative. And and at first when I heard that, I was like, that can't be right. But stop and think about how often. I mean, I I just started thinking about this myself. You know, whether I'm negative towards circumstances or situations or something I see on TV or something somebody tells me. Negative towards myself. Negative towards my abilities. Negative towards what I'm trying to do. Negative towards people. Whatever it is. There is constantly things that I can be negative about. 80% of our daily thoughts can be negative. And here's the thing. Negative thinking then uh, leads us into a spirit of being discontent. It, it, it causes us to have dis, discontentment in life. Basically, we become dissatisfied with our circumstances. That's why I get negative because if I don't like my circumstances and they make me negative, that's the thing. I'm, I'm negative because I'm dissatisfied. Like things are not happening the way I want it to happen, people aren't acting the way I want them to act. You know, that's where my negativity can come from. Things aren't going my way or the way that I want it or the way I feel it should go. So I become dissatisfied, and then here's the thing we're going to talk about for a little bit this morning, which leads then to, and I chuckled when, when y- y'all kind of gave that little bit of support, because I'm like, they might not like what we're going to talk about today, because we're going to talk about com- complaining. The toxic thinking of complaining. Because man, is there not a lot to complain in this world about? I mean, think about it. I complain at the first thing in the morning. Alarm clock goes off. I'm complaining. Think about it. You, you know we all do it. Alarm clock. Well, some of. I mean, some people like mornings. I don't know who wh- why we would like mornings whatsoever. Um, especially when it's still dark out when the alarm clock goes off. I'm complaining first thing. Think about all. I mean, just the little stuff. Complain about the weather. It's too cold. It's too hot. We want to stop raining. We say it needs to rain. There's always something that we don't like about the weather. I mean, we're in that time of season now where we're complaining about the weather in the morning because it's too cold. Then we're complaining about it because it's too hot in the afternoon. Because, like, I had to put a sweatshirt on in the morning, but I don't want to wear it now because it's too hot. We complain about lines being too long. We complain about traffic. We complain about having to wait for things. Complain about our jobs, we can complain about coworkers. we can complain about family, neighbors, we can even complain about ourselves. And then, of course, is the big stuff that it seems everybody complains about, which I get it. Here's the thing, I, I get why, because it's frustrating. We can complain about government, taxes, gas prices, inflation. It amazes me, I've, I've reached the point in my life... Every time this happens, it makes me laugh to myself. I've reached the point in my life where I buy things now, and I say, man, I remember when I could buy this for. Never thought it would happen, but it's happening. I almost argued with a guy at the gas station the other day. We were at a soccer game for one of the girls, and, and uh, we go, and, and all I bought was uh, a, a a pop, and one of the Star Crunches, Little Debbie Star Crunches, and he looks at me and he's like, five something. I'm like, I literally like, five something? Like I, I like had a reaction. And I literally was like, I remember when I could buy two of these and a chocolate milk for a dollar. <laughs> There's always something to complain about. In fact, I was thinking about this too, as, as I was thinking about this sermon. I was just kind of sitting there chuckling and thinking about the different things I can complain about, and one of the things God brought to my mind that some of you can relate with, I'm sure. Do y'all remember, because he was showing me things like, David, you complained about this like for a while, because it just annoyed you, and and, and it was nothing to even complain about. y'all remember when Fairway moved their stuff? (laughs) Right? I probably had a good month every time I went into Fairway. This is the stupidest thing they ever could have done. What was the problem, right? You know, I mean, every time I went in there and I'm walking aisles, I'm in my head or out loud, this is stupid. This is why I think God has just an amazing sense of humor, because I was thinking about that this week. And then the next day, this pops up on my, on my news, on my uh, computer. <laughs> Welcome to adulthood. When you get mad, when they rearrange the grocery store, I was like, Yep. God just made me chuckle. It's like, yep, complaining about stuff. Here's the thing. We live in a world that complains. But we we know this. So when I start talking about this, we're all gonna say, yeah, I get it. But we're gonna talk about how we can break this in us. Because as Christians, we should be the last people to complain. In fact, Scripture tells us do everything. Without complaining. Right? I, I, I love this. You know, Paul's like, do everything without complaining and arguing. Like, he didn't say do some things, do a few things. As a Christian, he's saying because of the life that you have in Jesus Christ, because of the hope that we have, the, the, the blessings we have, he says do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. And I love how he says, he then goes on, he says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Do you you see what Paul is saying? He's, He's like telling the church, he's telling us, listen, let's not be people like everybody else because the world around us is complaining. But man, we're supposed to be bright lights in the world. Like, like people should look at us and and be like, man, you you don't complain like everybody else. You you don't have the same reactions as everybody else. Do everything without complaining. See, the nation of Israel had a complaining problem. When we look back in the Old Testament, and, and we can see this, that, that's one of the things they did constantly was, was they were constantly complaining about their circumstances or where God had them and all of this. And, and there was one instance that I want us to look at just for a moment. And it's in Numbers, uh, Numbers 21. It says, they traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. The people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. And scripture says, Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. Now, I I want to pause just for a moment as we kind of understand this to see why they were reacting this way. Because I don't want to say that the people's reaction was right, but they had reason for their complaint. They didn't have a reason that it was worthwhile to complain, but they had a reason they reacted the way they did. See, in the book of Numbers, if you go back to the previous chapter, it says that as the, the Israelites are traveling on the way, they went to the king of Edom, and they said, let us pass through. Let us pass through, we'll just, we're not, we won't do anything, we're just going to pass through your land, let us do this. And the king denies them to be able to pass through their land. So what that means is, is when it says that when they left, they had to go around Edom, what happened was, is the people are traveling towards the promised land, they're, they're traveling because this is after, you know, you've got the next generation, they're getting ready, God's preparing them, um, they're getting closer and closer to, to the promise after their punishment, and all of this in the, in the wilderness but to go around Edom, they had to turn, and they had to walk back towards the wilderness. They were backtracking. So you see, they were heading in a direction that they didn't necessarily want to go. Instead of heading towards what they wanted, they had to turn and head back towards where they came from. And this was the reaction. They got impatient. In fact, some translations say that they became discouraged of heart. Because they weren't heading towards the promise anymore. They're heading towards everything that they thought they were leaving. And when I stop and think about the times that I get negative in life, and the times when I really get into a spirit of complaining, isn't that the way it is? Because things aren't going the way that I want them. It's not going my way. I get discouraged because it's not happening the way I want it to happen. I get frustrated. Because things aren't working out the way I think they need to work out. I can become annoyed, which then makes me get negative, which then makes me complain. I can look and think expectations are not being met the way I think they should be met. Whether it's, again, my circumstances or people. And I get frustrated. And that's what we see here with the people. They're saying, why did you bring us out here? We're going in a direction we don't want to go. There's no bread, there's no water, which again was not true. But their complaining went not just towards their circumstances, their complaining went then towards Moses and ultimately towards God. And here's why I want to bring this up with toxic thinking, because this is something God's challenged me with, um, and I'm still trying to learn this lesson. There are times when my complaining, whether it's in my head or out loud, can get to the point where I'm actually complaining against God. You're not doing it the way I want you to do it. You're not doing it the way I think it should be done. Like, if I was in control, this is how I would do it, God. Why aren't you doing it the way I want it? So I want to point out a few reflections just from this short little story of what's happening here to help us understand something about complaining. First is this. Complaining is easy and for a moment it makes us feel good. But it's harming us, it's harming our faith, it's harming our relationships and it's harming our witness. I'll be honest about it. It feels good to complain. It feels good to vent. It feels good to just express these things that are upsetting me. It feels good to complain against circumstances and situations and against people. But here's the thing. That momentary pleasure of complaining doesn't change anything. It didn't do any good. Listen, for a month I complained in Fairway. They never put it back. Here's the thing. I can complain every time I fill up my gas tank. It's not making the price go down any. I can complain every time I go grocery shopping or buy something. It's not making things change. But what it's doing, it's affecting me. It's impacting me. Because it's allowing me to focus more on negative aspects of life instead of what is good and great and wonderful that is around me. Complaining is easy. Because it makes my flesh feel good. That's the thing. Complaining and negativity make my flesh feel better. I'm feeding my flesh. And the thing that really got me is it also makes the enemy happy. Because the enemy wants me to be negative. The enemy wants me to be frustrated. The enemy wants me to be annoyed. He wants me to be in a bad mood. Because the thing is, is the more that I complain, the easier it is to complain. Because at the heart of every complaint is me. I mean, think about it. Everything I complain about Everything I get negative about is because I'm not happy about how how it's affecting me. And that's what the enemy wants, is he wants me focused on me. The other thing is this. Many are not going to get where they want to be because they won't stop complaining about where they're at. Think about how many Israelites missed out on entering into the promise because they couldn't let go of what they were frustrated about and what was making them negative. So God sent venomous snakes and they never entered into the promise. See, I'm bringing this up not to make us like, man, oh man, I complain too much. I mean, that's not the point. What I'm trying to get us to see is, is when we let this negativity come into us and complaining take over us, it's keeping us from where God wants us to be. So I want you to get frustrated and angry, not at yourself, but at the spirit of complaining if it enters into your life. Because it's keeping you from where God wants you to be. Because we're caught spending all of our time complaining about where we're at. And the last thing out of this story that just kind of hit me as I was thinking about it is this. When a heart is plagued by discontent. Even the best gifts from the Lord can lose their value. Nothing will fully satisfy until the heart is made right. So so here's what I want you to understand. And, And I didn't read this, but you can go back and look at it later. The first couple of verses of chapter 21. The first couple of verses talk about an enemy comes against Israel. This is right before this happens. An enemy comes against Israel. And the Bible says that the enemy actually took some of the Israelites captive. Took some of their people away. And the Israelites come to God and they say, if you will give us victory, we will go and destroy these cities. We will go just destroy them completely, these cities of these people that have come against us. And the Bible says that God heard their request and gave them victory. The people, Israel, just had this huge victory in the presence of God. Huge and then instantly, when it goes the way they didn't think it should go, they're complaining against God. They completely missed the presence of God in their lives. They completely missed the blessings of God. They completely missed that God was caring for them. They, God just gave them the ability to overcome their enemy, and now they're, they're looking at him saying, there's no food, there's no water, and we hate this food from heaven that you're giving to us. And isn't it possible that when we fall into spirits of negativity and we fall into spirits of complaining, we are missing out on all the great things that God is doing in our lives because we're not even paying attention to that because our heart is more focused on our discontent than in the blessings He's given to us. I know that's true for me. When I fall into these spirits of negativity, I'm not even paying attention to the good things God's trying to give me. All I focus on is the things that make me want to complain. And I'm missing out. And God's like, we've got to get the heart right. So here's the thing. There's a cure for complaining. There's a cure for negativity. There's There's a cure to get us out of that kind of spirit. And it's simply this. Choosing to be people of gratitude. It's as simple as that. Now, I say it's simple, but at the same time, we have to choose to be people of gratitude. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about this morning, is what gratitude, the power of gratitude in our lives. Changing our thinking from the negative, changing our thinking from what we want to complain about, and instead fixing our thoughts on all the things we can give praise to God for and to be grateful for. The first thing we have to understand to change our thinking and to become a person of gratitude is we have to be willing to confess and repent of our negativity. See, I don't want to jump over that because it becomes really easy to say, well, just be more, grat- you know, I just have more gratitude. But I'm going to say this just real quick and hear me for a minute because, because you might not like it, but it's the truth. Negativity and complaining is sinful. Right? Now, again, this is not about putting a happy face on in, in bad situations. That's not what I'm going to be talking about. Because don't get me wrong, there's still ways and times that, yes, we can be frustrated towards situations and all that. But when we give into a spirit of negativity and, and complaining and we refuse to show gratitude, we need to confess and repent. Because the scriptures tell us do everything without complaining. Notice the, the reaction of the Israelites. The people came to Moses and said, we have sinned and we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the stakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. See, um, one of the things that God continues to show me in my own relationship with him is I want him to change me with certain things. Um, but I'm one of those that, uh, and, and maybe this isn't true of anybody else, but I know it is of me. Uh, I'm one of those that I just kind of want to come to God and say, okay, God, um, here's the deal. I want you to change me. But I don't want to have to deal with any of that other, like, I don't want to deal with what I did wrong. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to deal with, let's just, from now on, moving forward, and God's like, David, before I can truly transform you, you have to be willing to let go of what you, you know, you're letting go of. You have to confess it and repent of it. Yeah, but Lord, that's the hard part. That's the, I don't want to admit I was wrong. I don't want to admit that I, I shouldn't have done it. I'd, like, I have to face things that I don't want to face there or why I was, i like, Lord, that's, let's just, just snap your fingers and make me different. That's what I want. I don't understand why God doesn't do that. See, that's a complaint. Because I'm like, God, that's the way I would do it. I would just snap my fingers and make me different. But God first says, no, David, you have to be willing to confess and repent. You have to be willing to sh- understand this isn't the way i wanted you to be i I need you to forsake that i need you to let go of that i need you to say i want it to be different i don't want that anymore i have to be willing to say i don't want to be negative anymore goes on and the lord said to moses make a snake and put it on a pole anyone who is bitten can look at it and live so moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole Than anyone who was bitten by the snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Here's the thing. I love this passage of Scripture. We could preach an entire sermon just on this because this is a representation of Jesus. But that's the point. That's where where the core of my gratitude should come from, isn't it? Jesus. Think about this. Think about what I might complain about. I might complain again about gas prices. What is that compared to Jesus? I might complain about conditions in the world, but what is that compared to Jesus? Does that mean I have to joyfully accept what's happening? No, I don't. But it doesn't mean I have to let it succumb, like, take me over, and I don't have to succumb to those negative emotions and thoughts about the things that aren't going the way that I want them to go. This is why as Christians, if I have the hope of Jesus, what do I have to be negative about? here's some of the things I just love about this as I think about gratitude, the power of gratitude. First thing is this. Gratitude actually brings us into the presence of God. I, I, I appreciate Ryan coming up and reading that scripture because I was laughing. To my, I was laughing. I was thinking about this because we didn't talk about anything. He didn't know. But this is, script, this is one of the scriptures I was using. I was like, quit taking my stuff, dude. The scripture tells us, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Do you realize, this is the thing I want to encourage us with, And because I want you to hate this if, it's, if you understand it's keeping you from this. Our negativity and our complaining can actually keep us from experiencing the presence of God in our lives. That doesn't mean that God's not always with us, but it can keep us from experiencing the presence of God in our lives. Let me give you an example of this that I was thinking about. There are times when I can get so negative towards things, or my mind can be so focused on things that don't, I can actually miss out on the presence of my children right there with me. Anybody else ever doing this? Like you're so overwhelmed with something and then here's your child that wants to spend time with you or wants to talk to you but my attitude is like I don't have time for you right now because I'm so focused on something else. There's their presence but I miss out on their presence. Here's the thing. God is always with us but many times because of our negativity and complaining we actually are missing out on experiencing his presence because we're focusing our attention on something else. That's why it says his gates, come into his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his presence, his courts with praise. Because when I come with a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude, I'm paying attention to the Father and the Spirit and the Son who are with me at all times. Now here's the thing. Some of us might be saying, you don't know how, I have nothing to show gratitude for. I get it. Some of us have different places that we're at in life. Some of us have different struggles. Some of us might be in places where it's like, I don't know what I have to give thanks for. I don't know what to show gratitude for. The world can seem so dark and our lives can seem so negative that we don't even know where to start when it comes to giving praise and thanks and gratitude to God. That's why I love this verse so much, because no matter what you're going through, through in life, This verse right here gives you three things that you can always give praise for. The Lord is good. His love endures forever. And His faithfulness continues for all generations. I don't care how dark the world gets. I don't care how horrible our lives get. I don't care how bleak the situation. Those three things are something that everyone that is a believer in Jesus can proclaim and give gratitude for. Lord, you are good your love endures forever, and you are faithful to me. Lord, I don't know what else I can give you gratitude for right now, but I can give you gratitude for those three things. And I am telling you right now, if you just start giving praise, you will start feeling and experiencing the presence of God in some of the darkest and horrible, most horrible situations you will ever find yourself in. Just start with those three. Lord, you are good, you love me, and you are faithful to me. And I'm going to give you praise for that. But here's the thing I love about gratitude. It doesn't just bring me into the presence of God. Gratitude actually gives me the actual peace of God. Gratitude will actually give you the peace of God. As you're experiencing his presence, you will also experience his peace. Paul says in Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what I thought was interesting. Um, what I've gone through moments where I've come to God and I've prayed, and I'm like, God, this situation, I'm, I'm presenting my request to you, and I'm doing what your scripture says. I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about something, and, and, and I'm negative about something, and Lord, I'm bringing it before you, and, and I'm praying about it, but I'm not feeling your peace, and this is where God got me. He's like, David, you're missing two very important words with thanksgiving. Think about it. There are so many times I have come before God, and I have said, God, I've done all this. I've brought my request to you. I'm praying for this. I'm one- Where is the peace you promise? You promise peace that transcends all understanding. You promise to guard my heart and my mind. Where is that? And God got me when he's like, because you're missing the with Thanksgiving. David, you're not coming with a spirit of gratitude. You're not coming with gratitude for all that I am and all that I've done for you. With thanksgiving, then, right, then the peace, then the peace of God will guard your hearts and your mind. The peace that transcends all understanding. Can can I tell you that when you choose to live a life of gratitude, you will experience the peace of God. see, the enemy knows that. That's why he wants you to be negative. The enemy knows that, because he doesn't want your mind and your heart guarded. The enemy knows that, and he wants to keep you separated from the presence of God. So if he can keep us negative, and if he can keep us complaining, we're actually... Missing out on the very peace that God wants to give us through Jesus Christ. With gratitude, I was thinking about times when this—I've actually was smart enough to do this. And there's not very many. I'm going to be honest about it. There's not very many because it's easy to be negative. I remember. Um, And I've shared this before, probably in other sermons, but two times, we moved into our house, we've been there nine years, two times the basement's flooded on us. And it's a split level, so it's not like the basement, it's like the TV area, like it's flooded two times on us, for two different reasons. And I remember the second time it flooded, right? So so it's flooded, we had to replace all the carpet, we had to do all the work, and then it floods again. It's like, I just replaced that carpet, like a year ago. I'm not even like a year ago, I just replaced that carpet. But this time it flooded bad enough that I had to rip out all the drywall, you know, so high, and we had to bring it in and get all the the stuff done. And I remember I was complaining a lot through that. A lot through that. And then God gave me a thought. In one of my moments of complaining, he's like, David, can't you just be thankful you have a house? I was like, dang it. Yeah, But then this is what I tried to do. But (laughs) he's like, stop it. You know, uh, those of you that, that I'm going to give you some insight, you know, just because everybody's different. Some of y'all love like mowing. I despise mowing. I think it's horrible. Like, it's like, God, why did you make grass have to grow? It don't make sense. I don't know why, I just don't like mowing. God's done the same thing to me before. When I have to go like, you mow and three days later, you got to mow again. It's like the dumbest thing ever. Some people are like, I love that. But I think it's the dumbest thing ever. And I'll be out there, and God's done it to me again. I'll be out there in I'm complaining in my head. And he's like, David, can't you just be happy you have a home? It's all in how I choose to look at things. Think of what would happen if we started living the next verse. Because after Paul says that about the peace, he says this. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Right after Paul gets done talking about the peace guarding our minds and our hearts, he says this. Think about this for a moment. How would your life change? If when you start feeling the negativity come and you start feeling the desire to complain, you purposely stopped yourself and took every thought captive and brought it unto obedience in Jesus Christ, and we started living this verse. Lord, is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Lord, is it praiseworthy? Because that's where I'm going to choose to put my thinking. Imagine the peace that would guard your heart if this was something that we purposely tried to live out on a regular basis. The peace of thinking on these things. Last thought I was having with this is simply this. Gratitude gives us the strength of God. God. Right? So if I choose to live a life of gratitude, it brings me into the presence of God. If I choose to live a life of gratitude, it brings me the peace of God. But also if I live with gratitude, it brings the strength of God. In the same chapter, just a few verses later, Paul says this. He says, I'm saying this because, not because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever my circumstances. So remember, complaining and negativity is discontent. So he's saying, hey, I've learned the secret of being content in all circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. See, we, we separate verses too much, but this is Paul. still same train of thought. He just got done a few verses before in verses 4 through 8, talking about the peace of God which transcends all understanding. He was talking about the peace of God guarding our hearts with thanksgiving. He just got done talking about thinking about what is lovely and pure and admirable and praiseworthy. Being people of gratitude, he just got done talking about that. And he says, listen, I've learned the secret. The secret is Jesus. The secret is my gratitude for all that Jesus has done for me. The secret is the strength and power of Jesus. And it comes to me through choosing to live a life of gratitude. Choosing to be thankful. Choosing to not succumb to the negativity. Choosing to not be a person that just simply finds the things to complain about, but instead giving praise to God for the many, 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 many blessings He has given me. I started something recently. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same. It was from another thing I was listening to and I thought that would be a good idea. They started talking about keeping a gratitude journal. Right? listing all the things that, to be grateful for. And it was funny when I was listening to this, because they said it's gonna, it might be difficult at first. If you're not used to it, it might be difficult. Because I did. I sat there and I'm like, what, what am I thankful for? Right? Because if you're like me, this is where my brain goes. David, you can't just start with the of course, thankful for Jesus, thankful for salvation. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am. But I was like, those are, those are kind of like the, of course I'm thankful for that. I was like, let's get a little bit deeper here. And I sat there, and I was thinking about this. Like, what am I grateful for? What can I express for my gratitude? And as I was thinking about this, God started showing me things, the, the smallest of things that I've never paid attention to. So I'll, I'll give you a, an example of this. Um, I, I love going to my children's soccer games. They're great. Except when they have more than one in a day. And I'll, because I'll get into that, like I got this, get done, I got this, get done, I got this, get done. So I miss out on the joy of just being in the moment. And I was sitting at one of the soccer games the other day, and I'm sitting there, and I never pay attention to this kind of stuff. But then, just this perfect, do you ever just have those moments in perfect Iowa weather? Just that perfect, cool breeze, just blue. Right? Just perfect. And I normally never pay attention to that stuff, but I literally sat there and I'm like, God man, God, thank you. Man, that, that feels amazing. And I'm telling you, it sounds so small and insignificant, but it made like every, like in that moment, God just took all this, like I got this to do, this to do, this to do. It was just like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna honor that gratitude. And all of a sudden, I, like my, my attitude completely changed for the rest of that moment that I was outside because of this one moment of like, God, that felt amazing. Yesterday we were at a soccer game. Breeze wasn't there yesterday, but yesterday I sat there and I probably missed about five minutes of the game because I was just looking at the sky. Man, that is just gorgeous. Just looking at it. And it amazes me how much it changed my attitude. Just to be grateful. I'm going to encourage you that if you don't do it, start keeping a list of the things to be grateful for. Because you'll find yourself actually writing down the things that you think you don't like you're actually going to say man God I, I, I didn't understand this but I'm grateful for it now because now I see how you used it to work in my life Lord Lord I don't know at the time why you had me go through this but now I'm grateful I am so th- I'm just I <laughs> praise you for the work that you did in my life I'm going to encourage you to start keeping track of the things to be grateful for. Because there's going to come a time when you're going to be seeking the need of things to be grateful for. And you have in writing the things that you can look back on and say, these are the things that remind me that God is good, that He loves me, and that He's faithful to me, no matter what. So as we close, here's my question for us. Are you in the need of God's presence today? Are you in a place where you're like, man, I just don't really... I don't don't sense His presence. I don't feel close to God. I don't feel that He's with me like He has in the past. What about peace? Are you here this morning and you just need peace? You're struggling with whatever and you're just like, Lord, I need You to guard my heart and my mind. I need peace. I'm stressed. I'm worried. I'm anxious. Are you here this morning and you just need His strength? Lord, I'm struggling. I don't know how much more I can go. I don't know how many... Something's got to change, or I'm just—I'm done. I have nothing left to give. I just need your strength. I'm going to encourage you to start purposely becoming a person of gratitude. Be a person of praise. Be a person of thanks. Make it a consistent part of your day. As I've been doing this sermon this week, I've actually started like scheduling. I've, I've had this in my mind, scheduling moments during the day. If the afternoon's bad, I have actually now scheduled. Okay, at this time, I'm done. whatever I'm doing, man, I'm gonna spend five minutes just in gratitude. I'm gonna spend five minutes just in praise. Just giving you thanks, God, for all that you have done and prepared for me. When I wake up in the morning, Did it again this morning, and I had to remind myself. It was funny, because I was like, dummy, you're preaching on gratitude here in a moment. I got up, and I was like, oh, I don't want to get up. And then I sat there for a little bit, and I started thinking, it's like, David, no, be a person of gratitude. Give praise to God that you can actually get out of bed. Give praise to God that you get to come and actually stand up on the stage and proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. Be grateful that you get to come and sing praises with the church of God. Be grateful that you get to gather together with the church and and, and just be together as one body. Be grateful instead of laying there and going, oh. Choose to make gratitude a consistent part of your day. And it's simply with this last verse because 1 Thessalonians says, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Church, if you are here this morning and you are in Christ Jesus, if you have put your faith in Christ, his desire for you is not to be a person of negativity, to not be a person of complaint. His desire for you is to be a person of praise in all circumstances. So as we leave, this is the encouragement I have for myself and I give it to you. He's not going to ask you to do something that is not possible through him. You can be a person of gratitude. You can be a person of praise no matter how dark the situation. You can give thanks in all circumstances. And the presence of God will be with you. The peace of God will be with you. And the strength of God will be with you. Father, as we prepare to leave today, I just, I just pray that you remind us always, always, all the things that we have to be grateful for. Lord, and it's easy not to focus on even the small things, but Lord, just the fact, uh, the thoughts that go through my mind even now is, Lord, I can have gratitude because your word tells me that you give me the breath to even breathe. Lord, Lord my existence is, It's only possible because of your grace and and, and your willingness to allow me to exist. Lord, I can give you praise that I can even proclaim this, uh, this prayer right now, that I can even pray to you because you give me the voice to be able to speak. You've given me the ability and the spirit to know you. Lord, you've given me your word so that I can have revelation of who you are. Lord, you've given us the church so that we can rely on one another, encourage one another, support one another, love one another. Lord, you've given us so much if we really just stop and think about all the things that we have to be grateful for. But at the end of all of it, Lord, the most important thing is I can be grateful because I have you. I have you. I have Jesus Christ. As my Savior and my Lord, I have a living hope that no matter how broken and negative this world is, this is not the final part of my story. This is not the end. This is not everything. This is just but a breath. Lord, let that truth fill our hearts when we face hard days, when difficult days, that that it's just a breath compared to the blessings of eternity. It's but a moment compared to all that you have prepared for us. Lord, that should give us a heart of praise. Even in the midst of the hardships and the difficulties and the reasons to be negative, Lord. Your mercies are new every morning until we finally get to stand in your presence for all eternity. Lord, I pray that that just encourages us this morning. I pray that that excites our faith. I pray that motivates us to look for all the blessings that you give to us each and every day. Lord, I pray that you change us to be people of gratitude if this is something that we struggle with. Because you are worth it. You are always worth it. We give you praise. Watch over your church this week. Use us for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen.